it's an ongoing process. I often equate it with search engine optimization. It takes time. We can't just flip a switch and be, you know, the number one personality in the market. We're going to start, stack those bricks over time and get to the point where people say, oh, yes, this is the celebrity for this niche. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, where we are dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And I'm your host, Annette Grant. And we believe running an online business does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. If you are struggling to scaling your sales, Electric Eye is here to help. To apply to work with us, visit electriceye.io slash connect to learn more. And let's get on with the show. On today's episode of Honest E-Commerce, we speak with Kai Davis. He is an expert e-commerce consultant who teaches Shopify store owners how to get more customers by becoming a niche celebrity in your market. Hey, everybody. This is Chase Clymer from Honest E-Commerce sitting next to Annette Grant. And today on our podcast, we have an old friend of mine who I met many moons ago, Kai Davis. Kai Davis is joining us today as an expert teaching us something amazing. Um, this is probably one of the most unique discussions we've had uh, about becoming... Uh, I'll, I'll just kind of let Kai introduce the topic himself. Uh, Kai, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. I, I, I am delighted to be here and help teach your audience something new. That is fantastic. So um, let's get into it. What is a niche celebrity? Absolutely. So I, I'm enamored and fascinated with this concept of becoming a niche celebrity in a market. And if we break it down, I think that's the best way to approach the topic. So what's a niche? It's a small, specialized target market. Uh, in preparation for this conversation, I was thinking, well, what's a small, specialized target market I could think of for an example here? And the one that popped to mind was CBD oil for dogs with arthritis. Super small, <laughs> super niche, super target, but also super specialized. So the first part is having that super specialized target market you want to work with, your niche. The second part of it is a celebrity, and that's the state of being well-known. So if we want to become a niche celebrity within the Shopify or the e-commerce space, the first step is identifying what that small, specific target market we want to reach is, and then working to develop that state of awareness, that state of being well-known by that target market. I'm kind of losing my mind right now because I actually had a conversation last week <laughs> with two people about their dogs and how CBD oil has um, lessened their anxiety. <laughs> so I never thought I'd have this conversation twice because I'm not even a dog owner. So maybe it's not as niche as we think. <laughs> That's hilarious. That And just for our listeners, we did not talk about that at all before the show. So that's just really random. So um, do you know the actual celebrity in that market? I actually don't. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. I, we'll have to uh, peek around and see just, if there is one. Exactly. And I think honestly, like there's a, a really useful lesson in like that, that interaction between us right now. Like because I picked such a hyper specific target market, you instantly were like, oh my gosh, I had conversations with people about this topic, you know, last week. It, it's so specific and memorable. It creates what I like calling a referable moment when it's like, oh my gosh, yes, I've heard of this, or I could think of somebody who needs this. So that's another benefit I see in niching down to something that's almost the smallest niche you could effectively reach. It makes it so much easier to say, oh, hey, I do this. I help this target market. It's not just I sell products for dogs or I sell products for dogs with arthritis. It's I sell you know, the number one CBD oil for dogs with arthritis. And boom, people instantly say, oh, wow, I need that. Or I know somebody who does need that. Absolutely. And I think uh, Brennan said something along the lines, Brennan Dunn, who actually uh, it will be on the podcast soon enough, 
he almost akinded to uh, increasing like your surface luck area of just, you know, the more niche and more content you put around one specific topic, uh, the more top of mind you are for people. So when those conversations like that come up organically, they're like, you know what? I know the perfect person. Exactly. So I think we should kind of take a step back here. So with this discussion of a niche celebrity and kind of getting in there, what what particularly makes you an authority on that? That's a good question. So I've been studying what it takes to build a personality-powered business in both the e-commerce and the information marketing space for around the last 10 years. It's, it's always been a fascination for me. What helps personalities sell product, really? And so it's been something... I've studied on my own. It's been something I've been investing in my education on. And it's something I've been practicing as a consultant and on my own business for the last seven plus years, helping my clients grow their authority, grow their reputa- reputation, and become known as you know that niche celebrity or take those steps to start becoming known as a niche celebrity because it's an ongoing process. I often equate it with search engine optimization. It takes time. We can't just flip a switch and be you know the number one personality in the market. We're going to start, stack those bricks over time and get to the point where people say, oh, yes, this is the celebrity for this niche. Yeah, that's wonderful. I, I, and for those of you that are not on Kai's email list, I highly recommend it. I, yours is very personalized, not in the sense of like automation and, and personalizing that approach. But I just like when I get an email from you, you could take out like who it's from and I'd be like, oh, this is a Kai email. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And yeah, for anybody listening, I... Uh, I think the list uh, Chase is referring to is my daily email list for freelancers and consultants at kydatas.com. Every day, there's a brand new letter in your inbox on how to get more clients or how to market yourself more effectively as a uh, freelancer or consultant. So slightly outside of the e-commerce space, but valuable, relevant marketing information for any subscriber. Yeah, I mean, I just love... I mean, when you get on a good email list and the the, the content that drips into your inbox, I when I find time in the day to actually read and, and learn, I like to... There's a few that I like and yours is definitely up there. I just I sign up for all of them and, and see how much uh, how much of free content they give away versus going into the sale and it's funny to see like the balance between those things yeah obviously the info product game is wild west and uh, we're getting kind of tangential there but it's 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 fun I sign up for everything and I, uh, my churn rate's probably abysmal. <laughs> well, I'm delighted <laughs> and excited to have you as a subscriber. Yeah, I, I have a question just about um, niche celebrity overall. I feel like with with social media, do you believe that it it's needs to be organic, or can you go in, you know, planning that your goal is to become that niche celebrity? It, you know, it kind of seems dis, disingenuous if you go into it wanting to be the niche celebrity. I feel like m- the most successful are the ones that kind of um, were super authentic and more organic. Do you have do you have thoughts on that? Oh, I have, I have so many thoughts. I have fifteen hours of thoughts. On okay, that. You good. Just <laughs> a billion dollar question. Uh, uh, and I mean, like to get to the center of it uh, and like reflecting the question back to you, there's that authenticity element. Do you sort of lose that if you go into this with the goal of saying, oh, I want to become the niche celebrity? Or is it more authentic if you almost stumble into it, naturally building it organically over time? Am I reflecting that back accurately? Yes. What I've discovered is there, there's sort of a third path, which is the mixture of the two. I find that for any goal or any outcome you're aiming for in business or life, being clear with yourself on what that outcome is makes it so much easier to actually attain that outcome. Uh, I think of one of my favorite books, uh, The One Thing, and it really comes down to one question. What's the one thing I could do to make this ultimate goal that much easier for me? And so when we think about the concept of entering a market as a niche celebrity, I think first off, being honest to yourself and saying, hey, you know what? 
over the next, you know, one, two, five years, I want to build my reputation in this market. I want to become known as somebody who is a trusted authority, a trusted source of information. I think being authentic and honest with yourself about that is important because it gives you clarity on what to focus on and what to ignore. An opportunity might come up for, say, a consulting project and you say, oh, wow, this would be wonderful. But, you know, my number one priority is building up this reputation, building up my uh, uh, reputation as an authority, sharing this relevant content. Because I have that clearly in my mind, I'm going to have to pass on this opportunity. And slipping into the second part of your question there, the authenticity element, I think even when you have that sort of clarity in your mind that you want to build this reputation as a niche celebrity, the authenticity can 100% come through. And that comes through through your personality, through how you communicate with people. As Chase pointed out, that very, very important ratio between free content and paid content that you're sharing, essentially that uh, uh, relationship you're building up with people in your audience, if it's positive, if it's focused on helping them, even if your goal is, hey, in five years, I want to be seen as the number one authority and resource on this topic in this market. Well, as long as you're approaching it in a positive way, helping people along that path, it's going to be sort of a peanut butter and chocolate combination. It's going to work out to your advantage. You're clear of yourself on what your ultimate goal is, and you're helping people in an authentic way as you move towards that outcome. Am I explaining that well? Yes. And it, I just feel like I, I'm actually going through some of that myself. So that's kind of a, a selfish question, asking that, trying to figure out just through social media, that's kind of what happens, I believe. Um, you kind of feel like you need to be um, a personal brand constantly. So um, I think that the niche celebrity is just going to become more and more um, popularized. I very much agree. And, and uh, diving into social media for a second, I go back and forth on the value of it. I see it as being an incredibly valuable tool to connect with your audience, to connect with your followers, to get you know near instant responses to questions, to topics. But at the same time, it has such a short shelf life. You could send out you know, an amazing tweet or a great Facebook post and due to the algorithm or due to you know, the volume of stuff being posted, nobody sees it because it just fell off the timeline. And so I like to look at sort of more durable artifacts of being a celebrity in a niche, uh, testimonials and case studies or product reviews on YouTube or high-ranking pages in Google, things that are a little more durable in the sense that they won't just fall off the feed after five minutes or so that you could get long-term use out of them. I, I love testimonials for products for this because it's so easy to use them on your product pages, use them in your emails, use them on your homepage and communicate to people, oh, hey, I am a trusted source of information. These are products that people like you use and enjoy and get benefit from. And something like a testimonial, you might collect it from a customer two, three, four years ago, but it has such a powerful staying power in communicating the trust and the authenticity of your brand. Absolutely. And I feel that uh, another way to look at a niche celebrity is another million dollar word these days is that as an influencer. I, I feel mm -hmm. that evolving out of a niche celebrity is now this, this influencer. Some of them, it's a little bit less cut and dry exactly what they do, but others, they definitely have their, their place and, and their specific vertical that they are. And that's what they're, they're knowledgeable and famous for. So the things that they... Uh, give value to they you know they say this product or this service is great you know it tends to come with you know reward you know consumers listen mhm mm mhm mm completely completely agreed yeah and the whole relationship between influencers and niche celebrities i find absolutely fascinating i think like for the right niches it doesn't necessarily need to expand too large you're able to build up this following and have people you know engage with your content and engage with your recommendations but 
on the influencer track, it sort of flips over and there's a huge opportunity for e-commerce stores out there through outreach to build relationships with influencers that they identify out there. People who already have built up, say, an audience of uh, uh, people with elderly dogs who have arthritis and who are searching for some you know, pain relief for them. As you identify these influencers out there and as you've built up your own reputation as a niche celebrity, it becomes easier and easier to stimulate a conversation with them, sending them an email saying, hey, you, know, you have this audience. I have this product that helps people like that. Would you be interested in collaborating in some way? Maybe it's a giveaway or a product review or a webinar or something else. But it comes down to building that human relationship and finding an opportunity to create something that benefits their audience. That is an amazing segue into the second thing I wanted to talk to you about, which was outreach. I know that's something that you built quite a bit of your personal brand around. Uh, how would a Shopify store owner or e-commerce store owner in general, you know, what is it? What are what, what is outreach? How should they capitalize on it for their business? And how do they do it in an authentic way? Great, great, great question. So the way I think about it is, outreach is the power of building genuine human connections. We're identifying people that we want to stimulate a relationship with, start a relationship with, and then we're going through the steps to create that relationship. Jumping back to the earlier question, hey, if you're going into it with this ultimate goal in mind, does that somehow pull away from the authenticity or make it a little less, uh, let's say, above board or above water? I think that with outreach, what you're really doing is saying, okay, there's a process here to build a relationship with a person. I might not know exactly what that process is, but there's a repeatable process to make an internet friend with somebody. So let's follow that process, identify the people we want to become internet friends or real life friends with, and you know, stimulate a conversation, find out what they're interested in, find out what their wants or needs are, provide value to them through these conversations however we can, and then naturally arrive at that point of saying, okay, hey, here's a way we might be able to provide value and it aligns with your ultimate goals in that relationship. But throughout this entire process of relationship building, you've been focused on what's most important and valuable for that other party using, say, you-focused language. You're focusing on their wants and needs, not leading off with, hey, you know what? It'd be great for my business if now we want to lead off with, hey, would your audience be interested in this? Or do you have a challenge with this? Or do you have questions around this? those types of outreach emails, those types of uh, uh, conversation starters do get replies back. Absolutely. I think that anytime that you lead off and you give without asking in return, it just builds such a better, more honest you know, human relationship, like you're saying. It, it, people, I, I'm assuming all businesses uh, listening to this, their general inbox is filled with people saying, I can give you service X, Y, and Z for you know, X dollars nobody responds to those, you know, but when it's like, you get an email, it's like, I want to give you something of value for free, straight to the point. You reply. Entirely, entirely, 100%. Support for our podcast comes from our friends at Simpler, a new way to staff 24-7 sales and customer service on your e-commerce store. It works with your existing email and chat platforms. So setup is quick and easy. Simpler's network of on-demand, US-based Simpler specialists are standing by to answer your customers' most common questions. Set it up for free today and then turn it on or off depending on your customer volume. You only pay $2.25 for every resolution. No hidden fees, contracts, or minimums. Close more sales with Simpler by staffing your email and live chat around the clock with Simpler specialists. Start your free 7-day trial at simpler.ai slash honest. That's S-I-M-P-L-R dot A-I slash honest. 
So I have a question about outreach in general as part of as part of your marketing. Do you, do you recommend store owners put that on their marketing calendar and they have like, hey, let's do X amount of either, you know, phone or in-person or email outreach each month. How do you kind of frame that up um, with people that you work with? Great question. What I found to be most valuable and most sustainable over the long term is dedicating one day a week. And it might only be 15 minutes in that day. It might be two hours in that day, depending on sort of the velocity of your outreach. But dedicating one time period, one day a week as your outreach day. One of my clients has his outreach Monday where every Monday he says, okay, great. My goal is these 10 leads, I'm going to contact them. I'm going to follow up with another 10 people. And once he's accomplished that goal, he says, great, I've accomplished my outreach for the day and he's able to move forward. So for e-commerce store owners listening, I recommend a very, very similar process. Start small. Don't feel like you need to outreach to everybody at once. Say, you know what? 20 minutes on Monday. That's my uh, outreach time. And have that as a recurring time in your calendar. So when that time rolls around, you're able to say, okay, great, let's start forward with outreach. And again, set those small small goals. It could just be, I'm going to identify and email one person I find out there who is active in my niche, who uh, reaches the same target market as me, or who might be a potential customer and could answer a market research question for me. So having that dedicated time and then following through on it consistently, I find is the most valuable with outreach. In a sense, it's more valuable to have a consistent average velocity then have a super huge amount of speed at the start and then burn out after a week or two of sending 100 emails per week. Right. And then alongside of that, I, I have some clients that I help and I have them during outreach send out their product to, let's say, mm-hmm. a niche celebrity or an influencer. Some of them, it's very random and others are focused. Do you have any thoughts around that? And like, I have them take some of their marketing dollars and just say, hey, these are X amount of samples I'm going to to mail out to potential mm-hmm. um, affiliates. How do, you, how do you work with that as far as like budgeting with that outreach? Great, great, great question. So budgeting in terms of how much product we want yes, to send financial. out? Yes, financial. So we've like, I, I agree with you, like there's the time that needs to be invested, but then I think there needs to probably be a, um, a financial um, goal in mind too of like what they're going to, you're pro- most likely if you have an e-commerce, they're going to have to mail your product in, during that outreach. What, how would you frame that up or decide that, you know, how much money should be spent in that, that it's outreach? It's an investment in that. Yes. No, it is an investment, but it's one of those things that if someone's looking at their whole entire marketing budget for the month, it's like, do you take 10% of your marketing and go, okay, here's Facebook, here's Instagram, and then I'm going to take 10% to go to outreach. I think a lot of a lot of brands may forget about that outreach section and adding in what that um, line item should be. So I didn't know if there's like a certain percentage in just the outreach. That's a really, really good question. I don't have a clear answer to that. Uh, uh... I'll think about it. And if something comes to mind, I'll definitely email it over to the two of you so we could share it in the show notes. Since I think you're absolutely on the money there, both metaphorically and literally having some sort of a a metric or ballpark number like, hey, you know, allocate X percent or around this much to it would be valuable for any store owners listening. Unfortunately, I don't have a number that clear in my mind to share. No, that I actually, I like that answer because I don't have an answer for it either because it's something that like, I know everyone needs to do and get their product out there, but it's kind of hard to see, you know, hard to know exactly what what that dollar amount should be spent on the outreach also in in line with the time that's being spent. I think it's worth measuring. Make make a commitment that you that, you know, isn't going to bankrupt your company, but right. 
But make a commitment and be consistent. That's the thing I truly agree with what Kai said is be consistent with it. Do it every week. Do it every month. Make sure you're repeating it, fine-tuning it. And then once you start to get those relationships built and you get you get you know those niche celebrities or those influencers that are now working campaigns with you, now you can measure what was the return on that investment on that initial product sampling that you sent out, you know, Mm-hmm. Maybe if you're an apparel company, it's a few shirts. You know, if it's a more luxury brand, it might be a bigger investment. But at the same time, it's a bigger, it's a bigger relationship you're probably trying to build. You need to measure those things and, and find out how much is actually coming back and, and what the return is and make sure it's a worthwhile avenue to pursue. You absolutely nailed it, Chase. And unfortunately, that also gets into one sort of one of the harder aspects of influencer outreach and influencer marketing that I've seen. It is 100% wonderful when you're able to track that ROI from like, we sent these samples to Blogger X and mm-hmm. you know we had 100 orders come in and we could see that exact return on investment. Unfortunately, more often than not, influencer outreach product reviews like we're discussing here fall more into the brand awareness space than the direct marketing or direct response space. What I find, and here's a really, really tactical tip for anybody listening that's a consultant or an e-commerce store owner, what I found works the most not the most well here. The, what, what I found is the most valuable way to sort of execute on this is incorporating a raffle or a giveaway. So sketching out this campaign at a high level, you've identified a few influencers, you've allocated a budget and said, hey, we're going to send you know a sample product to these influencers, ask them to write a review about it. The typical call to action in those types of, re- of review posts is go check out the site over here. Here's a link. Maybe there's a discount code. And you get a decent drop off right there. Maybe some people click through and purchase. Maybe some people don't. What I found works really, really well is incorporating a giveaway inside of that blog post, that review blog post on that authority or influencer site, where it might be, hey, win a $100 gift card for the store, or hey, win this exact product you're reading a review about here, enter your email address here to enter in. And so the store is then able to receive that spreadsheet of 50, 100, 150 people who entered into this giveaway. They're able to move them into their email campaign. And this now provides a whole other avenue for return on investment for what originally is more of a brand awareness play now turns into an email acquisition play. And if the store is a strong email funnel set up, it could be very, very easy to then reach out to influencers, run these raffles, and get more and more people into your email funnel or then converting down the line. That is the coolest advice I've heard all week. That that is a great... Turn only um, all week. Uh, it's December, not all year. Oh, oh my heart. Yo, I'll try it again. I can edit this. This is the best advice I've heard all year. <laughs> uh, no, but I do want to say one thing. So it is very hard to measure that return. The getting uh, who's what money's coming back from these influencers or for the, from these new celebrities. We have been using um, an app called Refersion a lot lately that does track those with links and it cookies and attributes back. So it is a lot more. Uh, it's a lot easier to track that stuff, but at the same time, you are absolutely right. It is more of a brand awareness play. And what you just shared with our audience about turn it into a cust- an email acquisition play and a long-term, you know, warming up those leads and into paying customers, that is the ultimate way to build that funnel out for influencer marketing within your e-commerce brand. It is. I'm so happy to hear that. A, thank you. And B, I, I humbly agree. And I think like it's it's a really nice approach because it lets you hit on multiple aspects there where you're getting this brand awareness, you're getting these testimonials in the form of product reviews from influencers or authorities, and you're getting the long-term benefits of having 
links back to your site. People, you know, Mm -hmm. two years down the line, read this product review and then they click through to your site or say, oh, there's a giveaway for this thing. I want to learn a little more about that. So there's some really interesting ways you could take those influencer or authority relationships and build something cool with them by working with them and figuring out, hey, what would your audience be most interested in? And that often serves as the best jumping off point as a question. Absolutely. And then let's take it one step further with, I know, something that Brennan would be proud that I brought up. So you get that link from that influencer and you kick them over to a custom-built landing page that features that that influencer, features their testimonial, and has that, you know, that lead form there for that raffle. Having that matched message and, and having them come from that influencer's presence to a web page that has that influencer on it, that's such a highly tied-together marketing funnel that it's going to convert so well. Completely, completely agreed on that. I love custom-built landing pages exactly for that fact. I'd even say, just tactically for people listening to this, you'll get a slightly higher return or a slightly higher uh, submission rate on that raffle if it's hosted within the blog post rather than on your site, just because X percent of people will be like, oh, I got to click on a link. I'm not going to click on a link. Where if it's embedded in that blog post, then it's or on that uh, authority site where they're already reading, it's so much easier for them to say, oh, I'll just enter my email here and magical things will happen down the line for me. Absolutely. That is great. We've got one more thing. So, you know, we are recording this podcast in December, actually one week before my birthday, for those of you that don't care. And um, <laughs> Happy early birthday. Thank you. I'm going to Mexico and I'm going to love it. Um, but as we're looking forward to 2019 and finding uh, things to work on on your business and how to, uh, you know, build your business up for the following year. Uh, what does the state of SEO look like uh, in regards to Shopify for 2019? Do you have any advice that you want to share with anybody? Absolutely. My advice for Shopify SEO, e-commerce SEO, SEO in general really, often comes down to focusing on the basics. Almost like going to the gym. Hey, if you go to the gym consistently and you lift the big boring weights consistently, you're going to see progress. Similar in SEO. If you work on your site consistently, do the big boring things consistently, you're going to see progress. And what do those big boring things look like in 2019? Focusing on building links to your site, focusing on structured data for your search engine optimization. So if you have product reviews on your site, they show up in Google search results. So people are able to say, oh, wow, they have you know 50 five-star reviews for this product. And they're already able to see that before they even click through to your page. Focusing on the page content itself, what your visitors see and read, and making sure that it's optimized for humans, not for robots. We sort of, as an SEO industry, took a weird zigzagging turn 10 or so years ago where we over-optimized, I think, for the machines, for the search engines. Nowadays, I think, if you focus on making your content more and more human-readable, more and more valuable for that visitor, for that prospect, for that customer, you will see better search engine optimization results. So it really comes down to, again, focusing on those basics, working on your content, working on your links, And I think a lot of what we talked about here in terms of outreach or working with influencers and authorities plays well into any link building campaigns people are considering for 2019. So that's my uh, quick initial answer, focusing on the basics and making sure you aren't letting those drop off the table. What could I elaborate on? I think that your analogy with going to the gym and just if you're doing the work and lifting the weights, you will see results. And I, I kind of say that SEO... In also in reference to like blog writing for e-commerce brands, a lot of time people just don't do it because it doesn't show immediate results. And it, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's definitely a snowball effect. Once you get it going, it does work. This, you know, that's why people talk about it. Yes, yes, completely agreed. And and I think 
completely in line with what you said, the reason why most people fail at this is they'll start with SEO for a month or two months and say, hey, I'm not seeing any results. Traffic has not gone up. Screw this. I'm going to focus on something else. And really, to do SEO right, you're looking at a year, a two-year long play. And then you're going to start seeing decent results and then going to be able to feed those results back into your system and say, okay, we saw these wins. How do we capitalize on them? How do we increase the traffic to our most popular pages already? So it's very much starting from the basics, getting those initial early wins, learning from them, and then building on top of it. There really is no shortcut when it comes to uh, uh, search engine optimization. There's just a lot of hard work and a lot of great guides out there telling you what to do. Yeah, I sometimes say that there's two ways to get more traffic. You either invest time or you invest money. And time would be Ah. the SEO route and money would be pay-per-click. I completely, completely, completely agree. And it absolutely does come down to those two. I mean, if a store is saying, yo, I need more traffic tomorrow, the only answer for them is, hey, you're going to be spending money on a pay-per-click campaign. Do you want Facebook? Do you want Google? Do you want something else to reach your target market? If they're saying, hey, we want to slowly grow traffic over the next year, okay, great. Search engine optimization is a great, great candidate for that. But it's going to be working at it consistently over the next year, writing articles that you might not feel are super fun to write and working on things that might feel a little more technical than you enjoy, but it does pay off over time. And the good thing about that investment is as far as when you're talking about a Google campaign or a Facebook campaign, the traffic is only on when you're paying for that traffic. Whereas when you put the time in for that SEO optimization, it's going to keep working the way it works. It's, you know, it's not going to turn off overnight. You know, obviously Google does change the algorithm up a bit, but it's not going to turn off your traffic overnight. So, you know, when you put the work in and you start to see the results, it's just going to keep growing and you're not spending any more money on it. Completely, completely agreed. And even when Google does have those algorithm updates, if what you've been doing Mm -hmm. over the last six months, 12 months, 18 months is, you know, white hat focused on providing more value for your customers, writing high quality educational articles and blog posts and sharing them, those algorithm updates most likely are going to help you rather than hinder you. Google is always trying to answer the question of, how can we get the right content in front of the right person searching at the right time? Well, if you're creating more valuable, more relevant content, Google's going to say, oh, hey, this is the article we should be showing people number one on that search result, not that other crappier article. Absolutely. And I think uh, a good transition here is we we were talking about this just before the call. Uh, our friend uh, Eric Davis, No Relationship, actually has a great free article on this? Or is it an email course? It's an extensive article. I I can't remember what the word count is, but we're up into the thousands here. It's the non-technical handbook for Shopify SEO on uh, littlestreamsoftware.com. It honestly is one of the best resources out there for Shopify and even e-commerce store owners who are saying, hey, what should I be doing for my search engine optimization to get more traffic over the coming year? Eric has definitely angled this towards Shopify. He specializes in creating a Shopify apps for Shopify stores. But 90% of the content here is extremely applicable to any e-commerce store that is saying, where should I get started with search engine optimization? And how could I approach this in a non-technical way that doesn't make me feel confused? Absolutely. And we'll make sure that we drop that link in the show notes of uh, today's episode. Um, with that, is there anything that you want to share with our audience? I think that's it. Just a heartfelt thank you to both of you for having me on the episode and a heartfelt thank you to the audience for tuning in and listening. It uh, deeply warms my heart to be invited on and to share some knowledge with people. Uh, this was action-packed. I, I can't wait to unpack it in the show notes and give give the people, you know, here's here's the three things that you need to do from this. There was, a, there was so much content in this. 
So Kai, do you think the uh, best the best place for them to connect with you though is through through your email that you send out? I do. I do. I'd uh, recommend two spots. Okay. If you're an e-commerce store owner and you're saying, Hey Kai, I love what you shared on the show. I'd love to chat a little more with you. I recommend going to doubleyourecommerce.com. That's my e-commerce and Shopify focused consulting site. If you're a freelancer or a consultant, or you just want to get a daily email from me because you think, hey, that's going to be the most amazing experience I could get this year, I recommend going to kydavis.com and signing up for my daily letter. Or if they like an adventure, they can find you at Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> that's another episode in of itself. <laughs> With that, uh, we're going to say goodbye today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kai. Hey, thanks to the both of you. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing the truth. Links and more will be available in the show notes. If you found any actionable advice in this podcast that you'd like to apply to your business, please reach out at electriceye.io slash connect. Please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. 